بسم الله الرحمن الرحیم یا من تحل به یقد المکاره و یا من یفتو به حد الشدائه و یا من یلتمس منه المخرج الى روح الفره بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله وصلى الله على سيدنا محمد وآله الطاهرين السلام عليكم ورحمة الله and welcome to this podcast series of a commentary on صحيفة سجادية by Mizan Institute وبعثهم في سبيل محبته لا يملكون تأخيرا عما قدمهم إليه ولا يستطيعون تقدما إلى ما أخرهم عنه Previously we spoke about how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created creation with His power and gave it form based on His will and knowledge. And then how the every creature of Allah, every creation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is then put on these tracks, on this path that is in accordance with His will and moves along these pa- this path and these tracks till it reaches its ultimate destination. This has to do with the physical side of things we said. This has to do with the irada taqwiniya of God, the taqwini will of Allah. That will of Allah that He has for creation. That will of Allah that whether we like it or not is going to be fulfilled and take place. So for example, uh, I used this example. I said that if we take care of ourselves and nourish ourselves and eat and drink the way we're supposed to, we will grow and mature into adults. Um, whether we like it or not that's not something that we have any say in a baby elephant will turn into an adult elephant not into an adult giraffe everything is in a constant state of let's call it motion and development in this life in this physical realm of existence then towards the end of our last session we pointed to the idea of how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has also for some of his creation who have the potential for it He's put them on another path as well. This is not going to be a taqwini path. It's going to be a tashri'i path. Tashri'i path in the sense that it will have to do with our free will as well. Those creatures of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that have free will, they enjoy ikhtiyar. These uh, creatures of Allah will also have an additional path that they can traverse. The taqwini path was one that no one has any choice in. We have to traverse. As I said, you eat, drink, you grow, whether you like it or not. But there's another path Allah will put us on and will show us whether we traverse it or not is up to us. This has to do with the spiritual side of us, not with the physical side of us. So from a physical standpoint, we are no different than other animals and mammals that are out there. Okay, Any mammal you can think of, you can put in that same category, in that same boat, the human being as well. Just like how those other beings will mature and grow, the human being will also mature and grow. But on, from a spiritual perspective, not everyone is going to reach the destination of that spiritual growth that Allah has placed us on, the path of which Allah has p- placed us on. Because here, it's not going to be that we're going to traverse the path whether we like it or not. As a matter of fact, it is going to be traversed only if we will it. Only if we, number one, make the decision for it. And number two, do what we need to do to actually traverse that path and reach that ultimate destination. And that is what we can say that Imam Sajjad is saying here when he says, وَبَعَثَهُمْ 
fi sabili mahabbatihi. Before this line, it said, Thumma salaka bihim tariqa iradatihi. Then he made them walk on the path of his will, in accordance with his will. We talked about how this is that takwini will of God, according to um, some of the interpretations for this. And personally, I like this interpretation as well. But then when it goes on, it says, Then he sends them out on the way and path of his love. Mahabba means love. So this is a path, not like the previous one, that it has to do with the will of God. It'll happen whether we like it or not. This one, it has to do with his love. This one depends on us and what we do. Now these are two different wills of God. One is the takwini will, as I've said again and again. One is the tashri'i will. And each of them will have their own guidance. The fact that Allah puts us on the track of His takwini will and we grow into those beings that we're supposed to develop into physically, the Qur'an speaks of and refers to this as hidayah and guidance, which is a takwini guidance. And then also, the other path that Allah puts us on, that we need to traverse on our own, with our own choice, that is also, once we traverse it and we reach the destination, that is also a guidance from God, but that's a special tashri'i guidance, as they say. This is also referred to as guidance in the Qur'an. So the Qur'an speaks of both of these guidances and refers to both of them as guidance, but they're two different types. So let me share with you the verses that we have for that first type of guidance, which is a taqwini guidance, a guidance that whether we like or not is going to happen. It has to, with, it has to do with our creation, our physical creation. The Qur'an says, قَالَ رَبُّنَا الَّذِي أَعْطَى كُلَّ شَيْءٍ خَلْقَهُ ثُمَّا هَدَى Which means that he said, Our Lord is He who gave everything its creation and then guided it. So this is saying everyone's been guided. Well, we all know that the kuffar, for example, they're not on the path of guidance. What type of guidance is this that encompasses all of God's creation? This is that taqwini guidance, as I said. That guidance that has to do with each being reaching its full potential if nothing gets in the way of it, of course. Okay, This is something from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is a guidance and a form of guidance from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But then you'll have the other type of guidance also referred to in the Qur'an where it says, إِنَّا هَدَيْنَاهُ السَّبِيلِ إِمَّا شَاكِرًا وَإِمَّا كَفُورًا Surah Al-Insan verse 27 that we have guided uh, mankind. إِنَّا هَدَيْنَاهُ السَّبِيلِ We have guided man and shown him the path this person now either is going to be grateful or ungrateful for this path that we've shown them and guided to guided them to. Them being grateful meaning them actually traversing this path. Being ungrateful meaning that they turn away from this path and they don't traverse it. Okay, So both of these types of guidance have been referred to in the Qur'an. Now having said all of that, there's one thing we need to keep in mind here one point that really stands out, and that is that, okay, after Allah did everything He needed to do, creating us, giving us the right form and appearance and designing us and fine-tuning us in a way that we can you know, do what we need to do in this life and then showing us the path, right? All of this ends with the word love, mahabba. So He put us on another path of love of Himself and we are to traverse that path. What's the destination of this path? His love that we reach His love. And so one can conclude from these two lines of ثُمَّ سَلَكَ بِهِمْ طَرِيقَ إِرَادَتِهِ وَبَعَثَهُمْ فِي سَبِيلِ مَحَبَّتِهِ From all of this, 
that the ultimate destination is to reach his love. All of the good, all of the khair is in his love. Now, what we need to talk about here is that we have a verse in the Quran, very famous verse, that says, وَمَا خَلَقْتُ الْجِنَّ وَالْإِنسِ إِلَّا لِيَعْبُدُونَ Surah Dariyat, verse 56. Over there in that verse, it's saying that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, I didn't create the man, man and jinn except that for one purpose, that they be my servants, that they serve me, that they worship me. So on one hand, it's saying worship slash obedience and servitude is the ultimate goal. But here it's saying the destination of that other path that we're supposed to traverse is love of God. So now the question will be, which of the two is the final destination? Is the ultimate purpose of creation? Is it obedience of God, being a slave of God, or is it the love of God? Which one is it? And this is where they'll answer in the following way. They'll say, look, just because here it says love and there it says uh, obedience and servitude doesn't necessarily mean that these two are separate things that have nothing to do with each other. No. They are both the destination, although they're not, they're not identical to each other. These are not synonymous. Mahabba, love, and obedience slash servitude, they're not synonymous. These are different concepts. Okay, But they are inseparable at the same time. What do we mean? What is meant is that in the verse that says, I created you only for my obedience, true, it's saying that this is the wording is implying that the ultimate goal is our servitude. But we know for a fact that God doesn't need our servitude. God doesn't need that from us. God doesn't need our worship. Okay, so we conclude that we need it. But the question here is, how do I need it? Why do I need it? Worship doesn't sometimes isn't the funnest thing. Servitude and obedience of God isn't the funnest thing necessarily. You know, especially when you have to fast or pray and go to Hajj and these things that they require physical uh, struggle from a person. They require someone to not be lazy and get up get up off their backs. So how is it that we need this worship? What good does it have for us? Now this is the part where a link is made. That look. True, it's not the ultimate, ultimate, ultimate purpose. But it is the only way that you will achieve the ultimate, ultimate, ultimate purpose. What is that, that ultimate, ultimate, ultimate purpose? That is the love of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. To reach Allah Himself and the love of Allah Himself, the satisfaction of, of Allah Himself, because that is the highest pleasure. We just don't understand how high that is. But it is the highest pleasure that's imaginable. And so in the verse of the Qur'an, it is putting its finger on the means by which we can reach the ultimate purpose. And this means is just so important and critical in us reaching the ultimate purpose that the wording of the verse makes it sound like this is the ultimate purpose. Worship is the ultimate purpose. Obedience and servitude is the ultimate purpose. So for example, sometimes... I'll tell you, let's say somebody is lost, okay? And I take their hand and I guide them to a boat in a stream, okay? Now, someone will say, hey, where are you taking this person? I can either say, I'm taking this person uh, to their boat, to a boat. Or I can even say, I'm taking them to their home, which is at the end of this river or stream. I can say both. The ultimate purpose is for this person who's lost to make it home which is at the end of that stream or river. And so 
someone can ask me, why are you taking them? I can either put my finger on the means and make it sound like that's the ultimate goal because I know that means is going to eventually and definitely get them to their ultimate goal. Or I can just put my finger on the goal itself. So if I say, if they tell me, hey, why are you taking this person? I'm like, I want to get him to the boat. Because if I get him to the boat, the boat is going to be in this stream that's going to automatically take them to their home. Or I could just straight up say, hey, I'm gonna, I'm taking this guy to show him his way home. You know? And not even mention the boat. So something like this we have in our literature here. In the Quran, Allah puts his finger on the means. And this shows how important the means to that ultimate goal is, which is his love. It shows how important the means is. You cannot, and this is the important point here, you cannot reach the satisfaction of Allah, the love of Allah in a real way unless you lead a life of servitude and obedience and worship of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Okay? It is so important that Allah puts His finger on this means and makes it sound like it's the ultimate goal while we know it's not because the ultimate goal is other things, is the love of Allah, the satisfaction of Allah, is Allah Himself. Destination Allah, that's what we're after. And according to the Qur'an, according to our hadiths, according to even just uh, intellectually speaking, if there is a God out there, He is the ultimate goal because He is the ultimate reality, the ultimate pleasure, the ultimate power, knowledge, love, everything. So that's the ultimate goal, we know for a fact. But the Qur'an says, I created you for my obedience. Why? Because obedience is the only way you can make it to the ultimate goal. I hope this is clear. This is a very, very important point. If Allah had not put His finger, so to speak, on the means and made it sound like that's the goal, then people would each have their own way of reaching God. Think about it. If the verse had said, I created you for my love, and that's all, people would have come out and be like, hey, I, ha I have my way you know, to reaching God's love. Another person has their own way. Hey, do you pray? Do you fast? No, I don't do these things, but I'm always paying attention to God. When I look at a tree, when I look at a bird and a butterfly and a flower, that's what I see. I, it all reminds me of God. You pray five times a day. I'm remembering God 500 times a day. This is my way to God's love. Another person will have another way to God's love. You know, Every person will have their own way. But I feel like the Qur'an deliberately did this when it said, I created you only for my worship and obedience. Not because that is the ultimate, ultimate goal. But no, that is the only way to the ultimate goal. Which is ma'rifatullah, which is mahabbatullah, which is Allah Himself, which is ridwanullah, and so on. Satisfaction of God, love of God, cognition and knowledge of God, all of these things, which are all going to be leading to the same thing, which is God Himself. Okay, so this is something very important here. But at the same time, we see that in Imam Sajjad السلام, here, he says, وَبَعَثَهُمْ فِي سَبِيلِ مَحَبَّتِهِ He's pointing here in the dua to the ultimate, ultimate goal, which is love of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. How do we reach it? Well, it depends on our free will. How much we are going to be a reflection of and fulfillment of God's will towards us. Not his takwini will, his tashri'i will. What he tells us to do and not to do. What to refrain from, what to make sure we do, and so on and so forth. What's wajib on us, what is haram on us. All of these things are going to be pushing us forward on the path of his love. The destination that we're all after. Now here a question comes up. If Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala did all of this for us to be on the path of his love, then why is it that some people dislike God? Why is it that some people will be enemies of God and hate God? Here, 
uh, one of these ulama by the name of Ayatollah Mamduhi, um, I personally have uh, a high fondness and liking towards him. Uh, he says something uh, very nice, and it's something that other scholars have also pointed out. But I'm going to read off of what he says here. Now, I've translated it because it was in Farsi. He says, look, it's true that at first glance, when you look at these people who don't like God, who hate God, who are enemies of God, even God forbid, of course, when you look at them, it's as if they have an issue with God. But in reality, it's not the case. It's just their ignorance towards God. It's them having the wrong picture of God and them disliking that inaccurate painting and picture of God, so to speak. That's the problem. So they don't hate God. They hate their perception of God, which is an erroneous one. So let's read off of what he says here. He says, The one who hates God doesn't actually hate God but rather hates an erroneous perception of God their minds have created. Essentially speaking, Allah cannot be hated, for He is the creator of everything and the origin and means of continuation of life, the source of all good and the cause of all ability and power. Everything is originating from Him. This person doesn't understand that that's the case. Thus, it isn't possible for one to be enemy of the origin of, excuse me, of the origin of existence and the source of life and everything tied to them. How is it possible to be an enemy of the one who guarantees our health and gets rid of our fear, poverty, and fulfills our needs? In reality, having animosity towards him equals animosity towards health, safety, needlessness, and wealth itself. This is a very important point here. God is love. God is needlessness. God is happiness. God is all these good things. God is health and wealth. And so if you hate God for who really he really is, which, you don't, which you're not really actually aware of, but if you hate him for who he really is, that means you hate all of these things that you actually are in love with. There's no one out there who doesn't love these things. Health, wealth, happiness, you know, these kinds of things. Life, okay? Well, he's the origin of all of these and the maintainer of all of these for us. It's just that we don't understand that that's the case. And so if we dislike him, or if we're an enemy of him, God forbid, it's because we, we might think that he is the reason for the opposite of these things, which is not the case, actually. It might seem that's the case because there will be an earthquake, for example, and then people die, and, and then we're like, oh my God, you know, like why, if God loved us, why did, why did he do this to us? And so we develop an understanding of God as the one who sent the earthquake to kill everybody. Okay, well, yeah, of course that's going to be something that we dislike. But he says, no, this is not the real God. We don't understand. If there are other things happening, those might not, you cannot actually attribute those to God directly. They can be attributed to God indirectly, like earthquake and all of that, but directly they're not attributable to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Anyway, there's some details here that I am going to skip. There's there's a whole discussion here um, on how much Allah has to do with those things that happen around us and to us. Uh, there's an interesting discussion there. And if there can, even when it comes to us sinning, and if we can attribute those to God, if we can or cannot, directly, indirectly, there's a whole discussion there. We've discussed this in one of our other courses called Beyond Control. So anyway, um, If mahabba and love is that ultimate goal, we see some people don't ever get there and they're after running after other things because they are misidentifying that which they are after, which is love of God. They're misidentifying it with other things. And so he goes on, he says, Therefore the problem lies in the fact that we haven't gotten to know him the way he really is. 
and what we have presumed God to be is merely a creation of our own imaginations and not really who He is. This is why, brothers and sisters, it's super important for us to make the most of any opportunity we can to learn more and more about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. To recite the Qur'an more and more and reflect on it. There is so much going on out there, brothers and sisters, nowadays. We don't have an excuse anymore. There are so many, there's so much knowledge out there. So many classes and courses out there that we can benefit from. And the work has been done for. That it leaves us really no excuse for us to have ignorance towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If we don't take care of that, we're going to be in big trouble. Because it might affect our servitude towards Him. Our perception of Him. To the point where we turn away from Him. God forbid, God forbid. And then we have no excuse on the Day of Judgment. Because we didn't do the work, we were lazy on this side. There was a time where having access to English content yeah, was very, very hard. It wasn't very possible. You would have to drive for two, three hours to listen to like an English lecture in person somewhere at some majlis or something. Nowadays, it's not like that anymore. Everything's at our fingertips. Everything's available. Now it's reached a point where it's kind of uh, getting out of hand a little bit where there's too much content and sometimes people have to sift through it to find where the reliable content is versus the unreliable stuff. But all in all... What I'm trying to say is here that we don't have an excuse anymore, brothers and sisters. The only thing that keeps us right now from learning more about Allah, I would say is um, mismanaging our time, number one. Number two, being lazy. And those will not be excuses on the Day of Judgment. These people now that He created, He put on those tracks of His taqweeni will and then also showed them the path of His tashri'i will, these people, they cannot keep back from that to which he has sent them forward, nor can they go forward to that from which he has kept them back. That's what the translation says, but let me explain. Very simple. They cannot hasten, I would say, that which Allah has delayed for them. And they cannot delay for themselves that which Allah has hastened for them. In other words, Allah is running the show at the end of the day. Now someone might say, oh, it's not fair, I didn't, you know, this happened to me, that happened to that person, and this whole idea of evil and suffering in the world, these have their own explanations, but they require their own class slash courses. Um, and they have been discussed. MashaAllah, lots of our scholars have discussed these matters. So that is a different discussion. But all in all, once we figure out that, okay, it's not unjust for God to put us in a material world in which things might happen to us sometimes, Although we do have somewhat of a say in what our fates are going to be, we can try our best to avoid hardship, but at the end of the day, we know some hardship will come our way. All of this, after we figured it all out, then we understand that we can't, in the end, we can't. The final thing that happens to us is something that is part of a bigger plan and scheme that is beyond our control. And that's why it says, they do not possess delaying, of that which Allah has hastened for them or has put them in. And on the flip side, they do not and they're not able to fall ahead and hasten that which Allah has delayed for them. In the end, all in all, those things that happen around us, those things that happen to us, these are all part of Allah's plan. He is the mudabbir, he is the one who's running the show. And in all of this, it is me and my free will and how I react to those things that befall me. And that is what will define me as a person who's on that spiritual path towards the love of Allah, of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala.
We ask Allah to help us uh, to stay on that path and to eventually arrive at the destination of His love. Walhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.